louder. Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's Rants After Dark with your host, Brandon A. Lane. Welcome again to another episode of Rants After Dark. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and tonight we're going to be talking about one of the seminal slasher films from 1996, directed by the horror auteur of all horror auteurs, the great Wes Craven, a film that I am a little more on the apathetic side about, but the gentleman sitting across from me is quite the titan in terms of defending it, that being the White Knight of the Black Lodge, His Holiness... Fat Tony, living up to my name now, I just had to swallow a chicken leg before I could speak on Mac. We've got an open pizza. We've got liquor. I am going to defend this fucking movie. Wes Craven has made bad movies. Wes Craven has made movies I don't enjoy. This is, there's Nightmare on Elm Street, and there's this. Well, Both. Let's let's save the, the actual content for when the, the movie is rolling. And we're going to invite all of you out there in the Rant Army to pop in your VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, Blu-ray, or digital copy, copy, copy of Scream. <laughs> and you're going to sync it up right as the Dimension uh, Films logo is going to be coming on the screen. And we're going to do a little countdown. When I say hit play, what are you going to do? Masturbate. Well, that and... Hit play. If you can multitask, you got both hands free, we'll make this work one way or another. And we're just going to remind you guys out there in the Rant Army, you don't have to watch the movie with us. You get to watch the movie with us. So enjoy either way, and we're going to get the ball rolling. When I say hit play, hit play. In three, two, one, play. All right. A little context here. I am about three and a half years older than Brandon. Still, in the long run, generationally enough to be both millennials, elder millennials, but we had a completely different high school experience. I told him before I was saving this for Mike. Brandon has always been curmudgeonly and a little bit past his age in, in all things, and that's a good thing, mostly. But when Screen came out, I was not a virgin, and I'm not saying anything bad, but, <laughs> you know... I was, I, was in, I was in sixth grade. I, mean, I, was, I was still a virgin. As, well, if you don't count his, what his Cub Scout leader did, but we don't talk about that. But no, like, seriously. It was a Boy, like, it was a Boy Scout leader. How dare you? Oh, I'm Cub, sorry. Cub Scouts. I'm not a fucking He's joke not a pervert. <laughs> no, um, so seriously, like, in 96, I was in high school. I was fucking on the regular. I was one of these, not these upper middle class you know, yuppie teenagers, but like the experience resonated. And I had, as Brandon had, you know, watched horror movies come and go and were like real out of vogue. And like, so this did, and it led to a lot of bad that I will agree with Brandon. The nineties meta slashers got really fucking old, really fucking fast. And it was during the length of the start of this movie and the end of this movie. Scream 2 I enjoyed did not have the same effect. Like, this was a foundational movie into my teenage experience. 
Because Wes Craven has always had a special skill. Like, when he hits, he hits fucking hard. When he misses, he can still do great work. Like, you know, um, the TV killer. I'm blanking on the name. Shocker. Shocker. My Soul Detect. There's still good things about those, you know. The absolute dead sexiness of music from the heart. But, like, when he hits, he hits great. And, yes, being written by what who the guy who went on to write Dawson's Creek, that was something I completely bypassed. But he still kind of was more locked into teenagers of the time. I would talk about horror movie rules. I would, you know, I wouldn't go over to Drew Barrymore's house and troll her. That would have been great, but... I would have, I would have loved to have gone to Drew Barrymore's house, uh, even now. Even I did, damn right now. Yeah. You know? So obviously, this uh, prelude to Scream. This is a combination of a couple of things. Number one, you have the blonde who you think is going to be the the, the, yeah, the A list actor in the early in the early to mid nineties. Drew Barrymore was an A lister. She was major in the marketing. She's front and center in the poster. She's Janet Lee in Psycho. Yes, absolutely. And, and they get rid of her uh, very quickly. Also, the other um, illusion they're drawing here is when a stranger calls. So, which is a movie you can just. Stop watching after the first part because it gets real boring, police. But yes, you're absolutely right. The, the the danger, and this is a movie people say wouldn't work in the cell phone age, and this movie is correct. But I I've seen part four and part five. I enjoyed them both. Part four was way better than the newest one. I I have yet to see the newest one. It's one of those things. I'll see it eventually, but you know I I want to be completely removed of any I won't expectation. Push Brandon. I like I pushed Brandon for the Evil Dead remake because it was important he see it. And he was blackout drunk and has no memory of it. But he still did sit down. Scream 5, or, you know, Scream. <coughs> the best kills of the whole series. Because you have directors. Well, anyway, what getting to this. And the genius of Wes Craven. Wes Craven has you feel they're not Friday the 13th victims you're just waiting to see killed. These are people. And, and should be safe situations. This is her home. And, you know, she's getting um, immediately terrorized. And, and let me interject, okay? Because let me let me get my argument out of the way, and then you can. We'll spend the rest of this podcast allowing allowing you to necrophilically counter- suck Wes Craven's dick. Well, that and uh, argue your points against mine. A lot of people hold Scream in regard in a higher regard because they're they're well. Defined characters, there. This they there's a lot more emphasis on uh, expounding upon the characters, so you care about them. They feel a little more real, and I am totally on board for that. I have no issues with the attempt to elevate a slasher movie. Now, at the time that we're recording this, we just finished uh, recording our retrospective for a, you know Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter. In some regard, in a much lesser sense, they they tried to elevate these characters and make them feel real. I have no problem with that. My issues with Scream a lot of times are somewhat with the actual film, but sometimes it is in the way that it is heralded. I love, and I'm going to use this as an example, I love The Changeling with George C. Scott. Great movie. George C. Scott, A-list actor. And 
these actors that they're in this film, uh, they're Drew Barrymore, really well known. Uh, uh, what's her name? Sydney Prescott's actress, Neve, Neve Campbell. Campbell. Well known, like these. Courtney Cox. These are these are established actors. Here's the difference. George C. Scott is an Academy Award winning actor, and I can watch that film. And even though I know it's George C. Scott, I don't see George C. Scott. I see his character. I watch Scream, and even though Drew Barrymore is doing a fucking great job, I still just see Drew Barrymore. I still just see Courtney Cox. And it, this is the difference between a a really well-written horror film and a really well-written slasher film. Here's the difference. Okay. So I'm, I'm, just Wrap let, it let, up. Let I me, got it. Let me, say my, let, me, <laughs> let me say my piece. In a horror film, it's much more about the escalation and the internal and, and those things. In a slasher movie, it's much more external. And even though these characters are well-written... And I still don't see them as characters as much as I see the actors who are portraying them. That's my first issue. And Courtney Cox and Drew Barrymore, they're great actresses, but they're not fucking Meryl Streep. They're not George C. Scott. They're not such great actors or you can cast that illusion and they get lost in the role where it's no longer them. I still see the star. In a slasher movie, even though like the the characters are usually written poorly, the the thing that they have the benefit of is that they are unknowns generally, and I just can superficially accept that Peter Barton is Doug in Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter, and not the guy who was in that uh, terrible Matthew Star TV show. You see what I'm saying? Here's my other issue. The more money you throw into a horror film, it aesthetically makes it look more cinematic, but I think that this is the point in which it starts being a detriment to a film being scary. And this movie is so polished, it just... it. It doesn't have that the- man's guts just fell out, and that's great. Okay, wrap, wrap this point up because I got answers to both points, I, but I got to remember them because I am buzz. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Can I? May I take the first take, point? Take, take. They're trying to appeal to my generation. They are not. You're right about George. George C. Scott is an amazing character actor. Nobody's like, oh, that's George C. Scott being George C. Scott. No, George C. Scott is Patton. George C. Scott is you know the guy from Changeling. These are actors who are known. Yes, two teenagers. As celebrities, she's killing here. Drew Barrymore is great, but she's always going to be Drew Barrymore. That's fucking Elliot's little sister from, you know, E.T. She she is famous for being famous, and that's the misdirection. Um, and, I, the key, uh, and, no, no, and if she was the only person... No, 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 no I'm not done. My point is still directly answering your point. Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, uh, Skeet Ulrich. Is that his name? Yep. It just I hate that skeet, name. Skeet, skeet, But, like, these are teens because they want to appeal to teens. They want that name. Right? They, yes, it is a cynical move by a corporate, you know, decision. And even Wes Craven, he wants his movie to be successful. Pouring money into the movie. Yes. it's You're getting Wes Craven to do a movie. He kind of didn't want to hit. At this point in time, he definitely wanted the move away from horror. But the, the power of the script kind of pulled him in. So they want to do this slick thing to appeal to kids who watch shit like this on TV. Don't interrupt. I'm, I, I'll I'm, see you getting all ribbed up. I got this. 
But at the same time, yes, you are going to have the bias of that's, you know, Courtney Cox being the reporter. That's this. And that, they're, they, they don't disappear into the roles. You're not wrong there. But that was a move by the corporation to get butts in seats. They all do a great job. All the characters are real people. Like, I, when I see Nev Campbell anymore, I don't see Nev Campbell. I see Sidney Prescott. Now, that's, again, over decades of horrible lust and, like, <laughs> like deeply, deeply sexual feelings for her. Um, but at the same, and also pouring money into the movie, I think it does benefit it when it does clash with the grotesque. When you see Steve's guts falling out, when you see her hanging upside, you know, up on the tree with her intestines spilling out, you want the slick thing that teenagers were used to. The, the, the high schoolers in this moment, this was the production level that Hollywood had had us to expect. You, a lot of teenagers going to high school did not, I mean, a lot of them did, but a lot of them weren't like 80s horror movie buffs because we're horror movie nerds. Your average movie watcher, watch this shit. You know, shit's filmed on this quality. So again, it I see why it doesn't appeal to you, but that does not inherently devalue the movie. And they're just killing the, again, I saw this movie opening night. I'd seen previews. I did not expect this bitch to die. And I've seen Psycho before I saw this movie. I still didn't. All right, let me allow me to rebuttal real quick about a couple of things. Number one, having your your star get killed immediately. I'm I'm totally on board for that. I think that's that's a nice homage. It works in context of a modern film. In terms of, of the direction of the movie, the movie is well paced. It has great direction. Wes Craven was a a very competent director in knowing how to get the most out of out of things. This movie suffers from things beyond it in that it isn't so much that they're spending more money. It's just that it looks like an ugly 90s movie. This That's personal bias, not object- objective fact. Us as older teenagers, and again, three years is no different. You know, three and a half years is not a big deal now. But, like, when I was 15... uh yeah, fifteen when this movie came out, I wouldn't be hung out with like a twelve and a half, you know twelve and a half year old. That's a massive difference at that point in time. I was a little more used to. Again, you've always like me and you were both. You always watch older stuff, but again, nineties junior seniors and early college freshmen did not, for the most part, they they were aware of and had seen, but they weren't obsessed with eighty slashers. They were looking to re invigorate a genre which they 100 percent successfully well, and, did and, yes they did and and i and the marketing terms i i agree. Oh, real quickly this always was not my daughter no call the and this screen right here is amazing like it's a total movie trailer moment but like the like the gut-wrenching there's that and like tony collette who event killed the parent screen in hereditary no more parents are allowed to scream over dead children because you're not gonna beat tony collette but Oh, there's my dream girl. Okay, uh, going back to what I was saying. Now, I'm I will I'm going to argue to a point. I will agree with you. I get the business decisions. However, if you look at like, if you're going to increase the budget of a film to make it look nice, I think they did that in some aspects. But this movie looks very uncinematic in other ways. The 
the things that make this movie look very professional and very in higher budget than slasher movies of the time simply comes down to all the things the crew brought to it. The way it's lit, uh, having more actual sets and, and locations. It has a bigger purview. However, if the camera is not moving, 90s movies look so flat because this is the point in technology where TVs are starting to change. And they in the home video market, even though they're still playing to the, the tune of what will play in theaters, it's that second that secondary market that a lot of these companies are making their movies to be suitable for. Now I can tell you one of the very first movies I ever remember getting a, a wide screen VHS was Scream. I don't know how popular it was, but I never saw the 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 three D the mm. uh, the widescreen version of this. I had when I first saw it was the four by three. There is something really really off about that version of the movie. So I'm going to asterisk that this looks better sh shown in the proper aspect ratio. This isn't an ugly pan and scan kind of thing. But it's still, if you look, there's a lot of times that the, the lighting is on the peripheral, on the edges of the screen, and it just makes everything look flat. I just don't, it, aesthetically, the movie... This it, that's is a, that's somewhat lit like a 90s TV show. Yes. You know who the market... Oh, no, no. That was a trap. Because you know who the market for teenagers were? What their major thing? 90s teenagers who watch 90s TV. They gave them a familiar... You're not wrong. I'm not saying it's aesthetically a perfect master. I'm saying the characters are people. The murders feel visceral. The plot twist, I don't give a fuck who you are. It's the best plot twist of the 90s up until M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense, which Matt Underwood, bless his soul, I love him, ruined for me because I think I spoiled the end of like Anaconda or something really stupid. <laughs> and he left that. I went and saw another movie and it comes out. He's like, oh, I loved it. Blah, blah, blah. He's dead the whole time. That's for, you know, Toxic Avenger. It was something really dumb that I spoiled. And he ruined the how greatest twist how dare of you? all nineties. Yeah, how dare you? How dare? How dare no, it dare wouldn't you. have. I would not have done that for Toxic Avenger. That's that is how well, dare I, I make it seem like it, it was something like it was honestly a really dumb ghost ship or anaconda or something like that. Quality, he ruined it. Quality cinema. Quality cinema. Well, until then, the two killers revolution is that nobody's safe. They give you the red herring. Okay, he's the red herring. They kill him. But not they, really. But not really. And then they're like, haha, not one but two. Spoiler alert, there are two killers. If you don't know that by now, fuck you. I don't want to know you. And I will actually say somewhat positively about one of them. Not not Skeet Ulrich, who Matthew I think... Matthew Lillard's a great uh, I, shaggy. I love Matthew Lillard. I think Matthew Lillard is an incredible actor who unfortunately has been in a lot of movies where he has been typecast as the uh, somewhat goofy guy. I think Skeet Ulrich is... I can't honestly think of too many other things I've seen him out. You know why? It. Because he sucks. He, he is perfectly serviceable in this movie. I He's supposed to kind of hover in the background. You could argue he should hover in the background until he's brought to the foreground as a I, red herring. I think quite the opposite. He sticks out like a sore thumb because he's awful. 
His his line no. his line delivery, especially towards the end during the reveal, and he's licking the blood off his finger. Like this is just so fucking. Court, he's Scooby supposed to play Doom the arch nonsense. villain. Then that's when the real world of horrors and the world of horror movies is supposed to be kind of blending. And this is we're going to like probably the second hottest Courtney Cox ever been in the movie. Uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Sorry, that's I, peak Courtney Cox. Now. To me, this is this is the highlight of the movie right here. Mm-hmm. Rose McGowan, um, who I have a cardboard cutout here of here in the in the Black Lodge, she was the the epitome of hot goth girl. Oh yeah, when when I was you know in my formative years, and poor poor thing uh, has had a terrible fuck you, Harvey ter- Weinstein, for sabotaging life. her career. Yeah, but, but it wasn't even. Before that, she was her family was in a cult, oh, yeah, yeah. and and she they were in the Children of God. Same thing. That, um, wasn't that uh, River Phoenix? The Phoenix is also in maybe there? I I don't know, but it's she, all fucked up. She you know she was a teenage runaway, and and just to, you know to get herself out of it, and and of course you know she she found acting, but then was uh, abused through that and the the casting. It sucks to be a woman, man. It really does. I think every time I take my first pee in the morning, I grab my waiter. I'm like, thank you, buddy. You're not much. But you're the difference between a whole lot of society. Then we have Henry Funkin Winkler, which nostalgia was starting to pick up. And it was weird for the 70s, which Happy Days was a 70s nostalgic show of the 50s. But still, like, bringing him back was a little wink and oh, it's something different. Deputy Dewey. Uh, you, you, no, I can't spoil if you haven't seen the um this uh this actor who is playing uh the the bald cop he he is also in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and I'm blank it may be the first one I think it is the first one when they're at uh Johnny Depp's house at the crime scene I can't isn't it? maybe I can't remember but it he, I'm almost positive and in terms of of 90s horror films, I, I completely understand why this is held in as high regard as it is. And a lot of that is because of the twist of multiple killers. Now, I think it would probably be uh, one of those, probably an interesting case study to go and try and figure out logistically which one of them is doing it when, because there's points where it's physically, it's physically impossible for one of them to have done it because one of them is on screen yeah, and the well, other like one. Part two, or part two, the first scene, both of them were there. There are just scenes where it had to have been both. Oh, wait, no, because he was with her, so only Mosquito, it's not this one. Uh, it was when uh, Sydney gets attacked, and then they frame him, it was both. Because he, he's not David Copperfield. He's not a quick change expert. He's not a magician. Um, definitely the party. Both of them are running around. You know, not while. It's just. I'm a little buzzed right now. And uh, I'm going to take umbrage. This isn't just high end 90s horror movies. I, you you want to lump it there and just leave it there. Whether you like it or not, this has an effect on the horror genre in total. I'm not saying that it hasn't been. And it earned it. Like, you know, this again, you have the the 
This is the Shelley of this movie, but he survives. But he's a little less obnoxious than Shelley. No, I, I'm going to disagree. In the video, no, no. I hate Jamie Kennedy. Fuck. I don't hate Jamie Kennedy. There's some when his humor works. Not in these movies. His humor doesn't work in these movies. Jamie Kennedy made a documentary where basically he was exploring the idea of getting heckled at comedy shows, and he was basically like, if you heckle somebody at a comedy show, you're a piece of shit. And um, here's the thing. Everybody gets heckled, even people who are good. You are not good. Therefore, you get heckled more than regular people. That um, poor guy. I, yeah, poor, poor guy. Malibu's most wanted. I, I am not a fan. I will credit uh, Wes Craven. to the garbage can real quick. I, I'm not saying he's great, but when his humor works, it hits hard for me. Not in this. I, I think he's fine. Like the video store... Same God, it makes me so nostalgic when every the video store is just busy as fuck. And he starts screaming. Yeah, I'm. I also am nostalgic for video stores. Her also. Well, I'm going to get into Sydney now, or, or Miss Miss Campbell. Do so. Her sub uh, subversion of the final girl. She's not an idiot. She knows the horror movies. It's a world where horror movies exist. Um. She doesn't dress like a slut. It's usually like some normal top and normal bottoms, sweatpants, sweatshirt. Also, normal. another reason to talk shit about this movie. There is no three-hour-long, full penetrative sex scene. Yes, there's no the titty tally is zero on all of them, and that is a shame. But she finally did. I can't remember the name of the movie. I've only seen clips of it. Or she finally did show them titties, and that's fine. Oh, yeah, it's a horribly boring movie about I, art critics or just, something. It's I, I didn't fall into it. Like when Christina Ricci did her first nude scene in Prozac Nation, I bought it at FYE the day it came out for $30. She only knew in like a couple scenes. Yeah. And the movie sucks. But anyway, I digress. Her subversion. She is, it's a subversion and archetypical sense of it. She's the no-nonsense. She's not having sex. She doesn't dress like a slut. She doesn't drink. She doesn't do drugs. She's got the tragic backstory. They're going into her mom, which of all of them, the third one's the only one that's try, trying to make it into this big arch. Oh, I, everything. I, I, I won't even dignify the third movie as. And as Courtney Cox's existing. bangs can just fuck off. The third movie has um, the Jane Silent Bob cameo. Yeah, and, and, and well, I was going to say, uh, fuck uh, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. Oh, Carrie Fisher. It's a yeah. nice little, nice little cameo. But otherwise, that movie is fucking awful. Well, they also did it without Kevin Williamson, his script. But I digress. Like at the end of this movie, though, she's banging. She gets it, and you know, she realizes it's actually her story that caused poor little Billy. To be so upset because his daddy or his mommy left his daddy because he was banging Maureen's whore of a mother, who is a whore. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't remember what movie they're from. Your mother, who is a whore. <laughs> anyway, um, again, this revolutionized, this brought every teenager who saw this when it came out knew the final girl trope, kind of was lulled into it. And saw her. Oh, she banged. Well, do, but but do they? I mean, you've made the argument that, they that they're not. They're culturally aware, but they're not totally caught up in the minutia. Everybody know who Freddy was, and everybody knows who Jason was. Yeah, but I I think that you. If, I think if, it's a matter of cultural if, awareness. If anything, the thing that this movie did that I will say 
both positively and negatively, is make the world at large, the the general population, if not know the rules of slasher movies, at least be able to call back to them because they have seen this. And that, yet again, it might be smart for the purposes of this movie, but it really is the death nail of a series, a, a, a genre of film that pretty much was already dead, but it was like kicking a dead horse. No, it's not kicking a dead do- horse. It's Dr. Frankenstein giving life to a corpse, bringing it back. Now, again, I don't like a lot of the movies that came out because of this, but I don't hate... Oh, I want to do one. We're going to do, like, like, I, we're do gonna, a shot to... Uh, I don't know. Fuck Elvira. Well, I was going to say, let's do a shot to uh, fucking Nev Campbell's titties, but... Nev Campbell's titties and Elvira. Just being awesome. Again, the whole meta thing, she knows the rules. She thinks it's a little prank. She's like, I think they're insulting. They should be running out the front door. And she tries, to her credit. And she's forced to run up the stairs, which is like a little... But the meta stuff, like with your I Know What You Did Last Summers and uh, Urban Legend, I don't hate any of these movies. Just like most 80s slashers, I don't love. I just kind of like them. It's kind of like that. Like, there's some garbage. There there was... and it, I still know what can, you did last summer. Considering... Jack Black is a white Jamaican. Yeah, that, that's true. Considering how many more slasher movies there were in the 80s, and... By volume, that means there are far worse per number than there are in the 90s. I still hate more slasher I mean, movies I, in the 90s than I do from the I, 80s. I respect your personal opinion and preference. That's what I get. But to deny, to just relegate this to, oh, it was a big for a 90s slasher. This was big. This movie, 20... Let's see, 2020, 2021, 2022, uh, 1997, 20, 26 years later. That's 96. 96, so that's 4 plus 2, 26. 26 years later is still relevant. I'm not saying it's not. It, and ha- it doesn't have its, uh, its foundation. And one of the smartest things they did was knowing... Don't do a sequel every year, yeah. except for the first two. And then the third one came out pretty quick. And then they did the legacy sequels with Emma Roberts, who, I, she's the only skinny chick that really does it. So Emma Roberts and Nev Camel in the same movie? Shit. That's that's the only sequel that, like, I even halfway enjoyed was so that's a, That had the be- one. one of the best one-liners of the new millennium. There's one thing you're forgetting about re- uh, remakes. What? Don't fuck with the original. Boom! I'm sorry, it's great. And, like, this is, again, another subversion and alteration of the typical slasher fare. Most slashers, Michael's going to come in there and wreck shit. Jason, they fight. They're real. They're they're people underneath this mask. Like, And this scene is... He's kind of sitting. No way. Lit yeah. for a. It's a lit like the inside of a house, and no, it's lit like you. You're yes, home alone. but it's it's lit to be optimal on a 1996, 1997 LG television. It. Nah, I think you're just said like if you turn on the lights in a house, 
It's what it looks like. And an upper, upper, upper middle class. Now, this is she's got a lot of room to run. And I'm not spoiling much. This, but the climax of the new movie takes place at the climax at the this movie at the same house. That is one mild spoiler. Like, oh my god, look where they're at. You're at Billy Billy Loomis, not Billy Loomis, Stu Redmire's house, because that's where the last movie. And then they pan out, and it's great. But these are all upper middle class people. I didn't, you know, have this kind of life, but still. That's why I had to be two, because he couldn't have gone in and out. No, he couldn't have Jason voorhees it, as we said from the last podcast about him being downstairs, climbing a drain pipe, going upstairs and coming back down. He is no Jay. He, sir, is no Jason Voorhees. And, and this did. Uh, this also led, which there, there was kind of an element back in the eighties of the whodunit slashers, like your My Bloody Valentine and um, really the first Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth, yeah, the original. Uh, this kind of brought that back, but and, and I, I won't and say I, it's perfect. Part two, I guessed the ending of that movie perfectly. Who the two killers were as a joke at the midway point, with the actress who plays Roseanne's sister popped up. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if that's Billy's mom and then the film student? And that is okay. That's the weakness. I. Well, Scream 2 sucks, so I'm... No, Scream 2, that's the hottest Nev Campbell ever was. Well, that... that and they killed uh, fucking Jada Pinkett Smith off the rip. Oh, we're, just Jada oh, Pinkett then. Well, well, that gives me pleasure, because fuck that cunt. If, if, <laughs> alopecia is real, hey, unless you're Will Smith's wife, and you're worth several hundred million dollars, then you can take your alopecia and go get fucked. Hey, by the way, Will Smith, come slap me, cunt. <laughs> you, I, your wife I, and your kids stupid your I, wife's a we, cunt I have said negative things about Jada Pinkett since we did uh, Demon, Demon Knight, Knight and I will I not. hope she cucks him some more uh, cuck's been my word of the day like my Pee Wee Herman word of the day <laughs> <laughs> secret word that's it but uh again this is what the is, teen things why is Ro- Dewey is great Dewey has the ultimate story arc in the Scream series He's the gump, bumbling, goofy idiot. The second one, he's the, the innocent idiot who got hurt and saw the world and drew back. The third one, he's a little jaded. He gets to be a Hollywood insider. The fourth one, he's made peace. He, he's a sheriff. He's living the life. You know, he's with the woman of his dreams. The fifth one, I won't say because Brandon hasn't seen it. Get a man's on time. I would, I would give them shit for an unrealistic romance between Courtney Cox and. But they were, but really. they actually were married, so it gets a pass for me. It also gives me hope that Courtney Cox might uh, uh, use her ever th- hands Don't don't on think me. you're up on David Arquette's level. Okay, that dude's packing an anaconda. Like he literally, it's like it's it's got a pivot in the middle. It can <laughs> rotate. And I love his movie, The Tripper. Good job. By the way, this uh, this actor, the cameraman, is this W. Earl Brown. You may remember him from a VHS yes. one movie where he played Meatloaf. Yes. I actually knew that. Um, By the way, I did no research for this. He's just knowing this shit off the bat. I did research, deleted it, because it kept getting... Brandon had COVID. Shit, just everything was horrible. But uh, that was very 90s hair. I love it. You think it's timeless hair, but you look at it like, man, that's very 90s. Nobody has their hair cut anymore. But, uh, yeah, Nev Campbell, like, her and... Uh, God, I, I fucking I love him. his... I love the arch... Like, this is not supposed to be, 
last house on the left where every except for the cops in that movie and like the first <laughs> act it's supposed to be visceral and real do you know who's a cop in last house on the if left you hadn't caught me off guard i used to know martin I... martin cove aka <laughs> yeah um, um fucking matt uh, crease uh from karate kid films or Kai yes. more recently but more importantly that's the john, only john Steele. From Steel Justice, the greatest movie ever made outside of outside of the Hollywood constraints of logic and flow and pacing. You know what? Fuck it. I'm calling it right now. Come July, we're doing Steel Justice on Rent <laughs> After Dark. Prepare for a four hour masterpiece opus because we have to do the in depth retrospective, then start it all over and do a watch along. It needs to be a back to back in retrospective and watch along. But the watch along, you just talk about what you wanted to do to buy the rights and make your own. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But uh, anyway, no, but back to this. This is supposed to play into drama. It is a cinematic movie. And Courtney Cox, just the best kind of. She has a good little arc amongst the four, five movies. I say four because three. God, those fucking bangs. But uh, like, she's just a, a fucking see you next Tuesday in this movie. And this scene led to my favorite modern-day parody joke movie. Or, or joke in a modern-day parody movie. I loved Airplane and Naked Gun, but like in the original Scream, the chick from Medi... Uh, Sydney, your ass looks fat. And that's what stops me. Like, Who touched my breast? I'm sorry, it was me. I just touched the top. They're so luscious and creamy. It was great. Is that from Scary Movie? That's from the original Scary Movie. Which was supposed to be the title for this movie. I, See, I, I got I, some facts. I will actually say this. Scary Movie is a better title than Scream. And Scream is a fucking title that's, that a fucking suit came up with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. And, I, you know, in all honesty, if this movie were called a Scary Movie, I probably would Half be, a notch up. Yeah, I would. it would increase to me because... But... Scary Movie also has... What's the actress... The comedian actress's name? I can't think. Anna Faris. Anna Faris. I fucking love her. She's, she's on Nev Campbell level, too. I do... I love her as a brunette. I do, too. And I know she's naturally blonde. Like, in real life, she had to dye her hair. But, yeah. Scary Movie 1 and 2. No, that... That's... Dark hair on a pretty woman. Makes her eyes pop. I like red hair, too. I like red hair fucking a lot. But blonde is just an acquired taste. I, I want, like just, I want not... a shaved alopecia head <laughs> of a early 50, early to mid fifties Betty White C list Hollywood actress whose husband is really pulling down the weight and doing all these great things, who just wants to fuck whoever, then sit him down on camera on a podcast and be like, Yeah, I cheated on you, bitch. Sorry, I just want to dick down Jada Pinkett Smith. Just like hate fuck her a little bit. I don't got a big dick. It's not gonna hurt her. I'm not. It's not a sex crime. Right here, I'm like yeah, be out later this year. Uh, Boom! Punch a bitch. Yeah, uh, th- like the whole friendship dynamic, this- and then her getting called at the ha- dude. I'm sorry, her and just a t- long t-shirt. <laughs> the little bit of top thigh. Yeah, if anything, their outfits per their characters should probably be reversed. Reversed. She's just—it's an impromptu thing. She doesn't have a set of pajamas. She no, I, I agree with you. I agree with the logic. The realism is perfect. Although, why does she have two beds in her one bedroom and her own bedroom? 
because of their because of a a sibling they keep locked in the in the <laughs> their mongoloid like inbred like got dropped down the stairs but didn't die as you, a baby. You can't sleep in the, in the room tonight because we have we have a uh, uh, company coming over. Get they, to the cellar. They won't they won't accept your grotesque face. <laughs> That's the plot of a uh, a Linda Blair movie called Grotesque. You ever seen it? You know, it's bringing a bell, it's tickling, but when I think Linda Blair, if I'm not thinking The Exorcist, I'm thinking of like her Women in Prison movies. And, uh, uh, Cage, not Cage Heat. It is Cage Heat. Cage Heat, Cage Heat uh, Savage Streets. And then uh, her her cop, her parody movie where she plays Superman. So stupid. And her little midget, uh, I'm sorry, little person captain doesn't want any of this crap tonight. And that, uh, that's, uh, that's around the time that she was dating um, Rick James, bitch. That song Super Freaks about her. She'd vomit split pea soup on his split pea soup on his dick and masturbate with a crucifix. Speaking of masturbating, Dewey uh, <laughs> just got done fucking the uh, his vacuum cleaner. He did. <laughs> that's that's Doofy. Oh, I'm sorry. I get, and I, I do love the usual suspects ending of skate. Anyway, we're not here to talk about. We're here to talk about these cool skateboarding '90s kids because it's fucking awesome. And again, this is not a high body count movie, but you know the bodies that get counted are high. I <laughs> I I don't I don't have a problem with the matter of fact. Uh, What's killings? his name too? He's got a fucked up name too. But he Leave, was cool. Leave Shriver. Leave Shriver. He's great in that Ray Donovan, but it's kind no, of made him. Have too. you watched the Leave? Uh, I haven't. I've been putting it off till Sarah gets caught. Uh, it's so good. I'm having to wait. It was just like watching the Deadwood. Movie, but Deadwood is a, has a lot fewer episodes. Yeah, too late, too little, too late, kind of for for that. And yeah, I still. Oh my god, her fucking pigtails! I'm getting zipper rash right now. His I, his trimmed mustache. What are you talking about? Dewey's the dreamer. No, no, I have to say that her her uh, facsimile being played by Tori Spelling is insulting. There's another that yeah. Uh, I love that it's Robert Rodriguez, and Robert Rodriguez did come in to film those little isolated film clips. <laughs> that's that's my favorite, like, scream fact of all. And until, like, part four, Drew Barrymore was the only one to ever meet the voice on the phone. After part four, yeah, a bunch we, of them. We just had our uh, Linda Blair Yes, Linda Blair. Well, she doesn't have a cross hanging out of her pussy, and she's not in a women's prison chair. I don't care. Fucked that hoe, and I'm just playing. Short That's hair. Horrible. Short hair Leonard Blair did not do it no. for me. You have to have... 80s kind of puffed up, feathered up hair in that pool. Like, she did that nude spread in, like, a pool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's touch tips. And again, like, I don't know. It's like, and I'm not saying she's fat here, but her face is less sharp than it is on Friends. I never found her attractive on Friends. Only Jennifer Aniston... And occasionally the blonde one, Phoebe, would do it if it was a weird circumstance. I, I, I also hate friends with a passion. I hate it. I never cared. But, you know, Jennifer Aniston can get it. Don't and, tell me I'm wrong. Well, no, you're you're right. And But the thing about friends that makes me angry uh, is is that uh, Lisa Kudrow, who plays the blonde, yeah. she's, she's the most talented actress out of all of them, and she has had the least amount of success... Because she's, I'm, she, I'm sure she's hurting with her millions well, of dollars that's, that's, she made from the show. That's true, but she had she had a series on HBO called The Comeback, which is one of the greatest one season 
uh, television shows ever. And then, like, a decade after the fact, it got a second season because it was so beloved in the... Damn. I wish they had done that for Carnival. Yeah, too little, too late. Good, good shit, though. I love Carnival. Yeah, I mean, no, they couldn't do it now, but, you know, Mr. Krabs is an awesome bad guy. Cotton didn't murder your mother, you fucking whore. I... The... The, Can you imagine how traumatizing it must be to lose your virginity to the killer of your mother? I like by by the time part five rolls, my mom's around, not even dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just banking I'm just banking on he, her name's Heather Heather Kent <laughs> Heather. If you're listening out there in podcast land, um, murder my mother and then uh, self fulfilling no, prophecy. It has to be after the fact. Like he had already raped and murdered her mom before. He gets the upgraded version. Because the lady who played Maureen Prescott, she, she's not a bad actress for a mom actress in the late 90s. And the, the one thing I'll give part three, like that ghost dream where they use that actress, is an effective scene. That's the I, only effective scene. I, I literally don't remember what It doesn't matter. It's when about. she's at the ranch before she goes back out to L.A. God, she's so gorgeous. No. What's gorgeous is... It's Matthew Lillard. You're right. No. God damn it, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I honestly prefer with her. I, I love pigtails, but on her, I kind of like it. Like She is at her hottest at the party, nipples out, like you uh, know, pokies. Those, those things are, there's a really good meme. It's like. I have uh, never in my life met a garage door that would be capable of killing somebody from home. Like, all of them, there's not a garage door I've ever met where I couldn't grab it and hold it and fight the engine. That's my own, but they, again, they're upper middle class white people. They got those super powered. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I'm offended that she wasn't topless when she was killed by. It's such a. She should be one of those chicks that likes you know a hippie chick just likes you know, free the tits, bro. I don't. And listen, I'm not advocating whatsoever for what Weinstein did. I'll be real careful with this. It's gonna. But, one would think I'm just I'm speaking clearly from the the motivation of a lot of the we're gonna do one to Rose McGowan would would it not have been beneficial to to have a nude scene in this movie? Well, no, because Wes Craven put the caveat because he again it, it was a common trope of eighty slashers, not all of them. Even Wes Craven's, you know, there was a stunt ass, a, a body double ass. Which I still in my mind like to think is Heather Langenkamp, but uh, he's like no nudity. That was one of his. Well, you see, you see uh, the her side boob, but you don't see nip nip. And maybe yeah, I'm like, she, I'm gets used... pull, she gets pulled under the the water uh, in the bathtub, and you only it's side from a disc. It's not exploitative nudity. It's nudity that a woman would be in the bathtub well, naked. It's the, they didn't. It's have, not her though. Is the point? I know, and it's not her, and that's super depressing. And I would still fuck what seventy year old uh, Heather Langenkamp said, late sixties. She's probably mid sixties. I'd, I'd do her right now. Well, but I'm not going to because that'd be rape. But I, I mean, if it was considered, she's down. You know, if I get my wife involved, it's serious. It's not cheating. Right here, fucking Henry. That's not a dream warrior. (laughs) Yes. But, like, right here where they kind of give you a half a second to think maybe Henry Winkler hates teenagers and he's wanting to kill. And he does. I mean, he does in real life. He does and he has. This is not a well-acted scene. 
<laughs> He's just using his real life. And here's the nice little fun Wes Craven cameo here coming up. Hey, Fred, in the Freddy hat and the sweater. That was almost a little too much for me as a kid. Yes, it is bad. But now that I'm not such a self-serious prick, I could see them having fun with it. I, You know what? Doing it is not the problem. Is that I think the aesthetic is just a step too far. Like I would have liked to just had him in the background mopping. Oh, instead of the old, hey, Fred. But I like the fact that, that you know, Wes Craven has earned it. Because I actually, Serpent the Rainbow is on like Tubi or By the way, I just our, watched it the other day. Our buddy, uh, Fat Fuck Scott, just watched Serpent the Rainbow for the first time upon my recommendation. Did he actually like he it? He did like it. You know, this is to Fat Fuck Scott and for once having a correct choice. Touch of Evil was the wrong choice on the album Painkiller. Every song, every song was the right answer but that one. And you still. Her mother was a trend. This bitch didn't wash her hands after, you know, coming out and then licks her finger. This and she's one of the people. I think she was Skeet Ulrich or Matthew Lillard's girlfriend. She was somebody's girlfriend on set. By the way, the the uh, short-haired uh, brunette yeah. in here in this scene, I'm blanking on her fucking name, but I'm friends with her on Facebook, and I have no idea how we became friends. Well, that's cool either way. She was in a great movie, and she's not wearing a bra there, too, so double good on her. Okay, but yeah, now we're... This is, again, another thing. This is supposed to be a safe situation. Why it's so good, you know? And they've already established is this could be a fake-out, but it's legitimately she gets punked out Probably by Matthew, you know, Bill, uh, Stu, Red, uh, Stu, what, I can't remember his last, I'm drunk now. Is it Red Bank? Stu, Red Bank, Red Bank, it's Red something. It's old Stewie. Red Bank, New Jersey. And old Stewie comes out and gives her a quick little, hey, bitch, gonna get you, as the actual killer, not just a fake out. You know, just to make Billy Loomis, like the, the main one. And Billy Loomis, the actor Skeet Ulrich, is actually in part five with the aging makeup. And it is quite, it's, the, the, why he's there makes sense and is great, but the makeup is super distracting. You just, you just made me want to see it less. I'm going to physically make you log into my Amazon Prime account. We're going to watch it after this. Fuck this, no. Um, so, hey, by, by the way, Billy Billy Loomis, Loomis being, it's uh, a reference Dr. to. Dr. Loomis. No, it's a reference to Sam Loomis from oh, Psycho. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I, I mixed that up. Anyway, I'm going to say this. I'm drunk. That last one kind of kind of got me there. I've, I've, I've nabbed a couple. Like, hey, good on her. You know, parkour wasn't big then. Nice, <laughs> nice slide. And then she runs right into the arms of her. Look at that whore. You're just standing there like a dumbass while your students are getting killed. I love that that legitimately, they had to get in contact with the creators. That, is, that was a real off-the-shelf costume. Packaging everything. It's it's one of the elements that I actually appreciate in in how generic it is. Man, but, try that chicken lash. It's good because the uh, slasher aesthetic had become so elaborate over the course of the late eighties. Yeah, it's more and more ridiculous. So having just an anonymous killer. Like wearing, legitimately wear something you could go out and buy today. Like that, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I, 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 I are, like are you the, saying something nice about it? I like the idea of it. 
That being, you just hate that being, the look of that. That being said, I, I specifically don't find the character particularly scary. I don't find that mask or setup scary, and that's what makes it effective for me. And that's weird and paradoxical. It should be like, ooh, the looming mess. I'm like, it's looming mediocrity, but the thing behind it is real evil. They had, they has bad intent. And look at David Arquette just laying down his his pimp game on on blonde highlight. Courtney Cox, man, that also does it for me. That might be tip. I might be drunk. It might be tipping the scales against uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Weirdly, also one of the hottest I ever found. Um, Sean Young. I thought, I thought you were going to say Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, no. Jim Carrey's uh, uh, peak hotness was uh, the Truman Show, obviously. No. No, it was Rubber that, Face. Was it, what was that show he did where his kid is the Mr. Rogers analog? Kidding. Kidding. I'm like two seasons in now. It's, There's a third one. No, it's just two seasons. Oh, I finished? Oh, no, I'm not done with the second season yet. Oh, dude. It's it, horrible. It is, I mean, I love it. It's great. It's so fucking depressing. Anyway, look at his ass. He got no ass, but he's still making it work. They cut those paints special. So, do you know what uh, David Arquette has been up to over the past few years? Planning his triumphant comeback with Scream 5. So, no. to, to put it If in, it's not a sequel to The Tripper, I don't want to know. But he should do. He, he should, should do that. Great. So in I want to say it was like 2000, uh, he had a film called Ready to Rumble came out. Uh, it was Seen it a, very bad. A, a it is a bad movie. <laughs> it, it somewhat enjoyably bad. That old school. That was an old school watch along rants episode, yes. wasn't it? Uh, we may actually end up doing. It's that no on, no holds barred. No, absolutely not. But we may end up revisiting that on Wrestling Ruined eventually. But. As a promotional tie-in, World Championship Wrestling, the the former number two and at one point number one wrestling company in the world, which is now defunct. When the, when the fuck were they ever number one? Uh, They've always been the Pepsi. 80, 83 weeks. Okay, eighty three weeks. They were they were number so one. So one year, pretty much. Well, more than a year, but a year and a half. Mm. But uh, they their revenue in those three years was so the Hollywood Hogan era. Yeah, they stole it. Okay. Anyway, but we're it, not gonna get off on rant but, wrestling. But, I've had sex well, with have, women. Well, but I have to because <laughs> no. I'm making a. Point anyway, here. David Arquette, he's a big wrestling fan. I know that. In a tie-in for Ready to Rumble, they had him make one of the the worst wrestling decisions ever, but a cool moment for him. They allowed him to win the world's heavyweight championship. That's awesome. But I got to pause you. We're actually gonna kill an adult. Which in a lot of teen slashers, you have movies like My Bloody Valentine, where it's just townsfolk getting killed. The Prowler, Maniac. Teen slashers, they usually keep it to teens. Honestly, another example, ironically, Friday the 13th Final Chapter is a rare exception where they kill an adult in a shitty manner. I gave it zero. Off, off screen. Off screen. I get, oh, here's the little, hey, Fred. God, I fucking hate this. It's, I get why it's bad, but I am, I am a natural optimist. I've just read, back in the, I'm a child of the 90s. I would think, and I would love metal, so I'm like, oh, I'm dark. But I realize now that I'm just naturally an optimist. Like, I called Brandon half drunk watching this movie I saw on HBO called The Night House. I'm like, dude, it's crazy. No, it's okay. The end, the ending kind of ruins it. Not ruins. It's. It, I told him it was great, but it's probably like a six and a half out of ten. But yeah, okay, hold on. We're gonna kill the Fonz, man. Did Did you notice that there's a leather jacket? Yes, I did. That's a Fonz's jacket that he brought from his house. Yeah, that's a. That is a. I knew that. Subtle. <laughs> it's a little a wink and a nod. nod. That's a proper wink and a nod. Not. Oh, hey, Fred. 
you know, that was a bit much, but you know, it's self-indulgent. But here's and here we go. I, honestly, I jumped out of my seat. I kind of expected it. You don't say, and like the scream, it's like, ah, oh my, this is how you would react getting stabbed in the gut. And I hate to say this, I've been in prison. I can say that 100% fact that you just scream. And like when, a little shot in the eyes, a little hokey, but I love it. And then you go right to fucking schools out, man. That's a, that's a great meta gag for using diegetic music within oh, the movie. Oh, I know Joe Bob's oh going to kick God. my ass. Oh, my God. You're throwing out the... Uh, $5 words again. Yeah. Apotheosis in the front of the 13th. Diegetic from this. That's, that's the use... Oh, my God. You... But uh, then again, there's that whole episode of Last Drive-In where he goes about 10, 15 minutes of why I used to diegetic sound. If you say you know that, the I'll best use you. of uh, diegetic and non-diegetic music in a movie in my opinion would what? be Psycho 3 because you go to the part where uh, uh, Jeff Fahey's character is in a uh, bar and there's the this you know okay I was thinking for some reason I had the prequel part 4 in my head okay I remember I know, 3 part, part 3 and there there's a version of the theme that's like a in universe version of of that song playing on the radio and then later on there's a part where he's playing the piano or he being Norman Bates is playing it so you get a use of diegetic and non-diegetic use of the same song nice nice stuff going back to going back to look at these hot sluts you know with her fucking clip look and I like this weird ha ha (laughs) I, I, I somebody said oh it's like a tribute to like Halloween leaves. I'm like, no, it's not. He's creeping like the Hamburglar. Don't compare it to Halloween. I'll take a lot of comparisons and call-outs and callbacks, but it was just like a little fun. This is. Very, I like to pretend he's masturbating outside of the house, pretending to kill him. This is very obviously either a blockbuster or a, a Hollywood, Hollywood video. I, yeah. So I miss this so bucket like Greenville lost popcorn. And now it's a thrift shop, and they still have the audacity to have the same popcorn machine and free popcorn on Saturday. I love free popcorn. It is good. Uh, let me let me quickly get through uh, what David uh, Arcane oh, yeah. has been up to. So I'm sorry. In in that where he won the world title, it sort of people turned on him about that, and not in like a wrestling like you did something bad in wrestling terms. People fucking hated him for it because. There was a point when being the world heavyweight champion meant something, and he was sort of like the death Rubbing nail. It in their face, the like, death nail of like this. This doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Kayfabe is a lie. Now he spent all those years kind of being beat down about this on the internet. This is like the point where like the internet is like really, really becoming a thing, and and people you can voice their disdain on a continuous basis. So at one point, he just decides, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to train, and I'm going to become a fucking professional wrestler. Good on him. And he, they did a, a, a documentary, uh, it's been maybe a few years ago, called uh, something along the lines of, like, you can't kill David Arquette. I may be incorrect on I that. know it's something like that. I've heard. I've not seen it, but I've heard of that title, them talking about it something. But it's, it's his quest to sort of redeem himself in the eyes of people. It's like, listen, I, I'm sorry that I sort of shit upon the the wrestling business. I'm going to make it better by actually putting effort into it. And I'll give the guy credit. He's a good he, worker. Well, I mean, Can no. He sell it for for a a actor 
getting to a professional wrestling ring at the age that he is, he's perfectly serviceable. He's a good um, jobber, you know, serviceable jobber. Well, he's he doing no flair. Like I got I've been listening to y'all's podcast. So I'm just using terms I heard. He's 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 won his fair share of matches, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a gentleman by the name of Nick Gage. Nick Gage is the world's most prominent deathmatch wrestler. He fucking sucks. I hate the guy. He's he's just he shit. He just knows how to take punishment and bleed. Well, he yeah, but he does that to other people. Oh, he does it to us. So he took uh, a pizza cutter to to fucking <laughs> David Arquette, and David almost died. Because, Damn, because he severed an artery. Oh fuck. So. So nobody can give David Arquette shit about his little movie tie-in. No, he he absolutely. They can only give him shit about not being Hulk Hogan and Zeus Lister from the amazing No Holds Barred documentary shot in real time. Well, nobody is as good as Zeus. Not even <laughs> Tiny Lister, the man who played it. Yes. Close for curvy. Like I love this song too. That it always has been in every one of the movies. I don't even know the name. I knew it. It was in my notes. I'm drunk. I'm eating pizza. I'm trying to get Brandon to try that fucking oh, fuck. chicken. Oh, fine. I'll eat it. Jesus it's, Christ. Eat chick fat man. I'm good. I'll take a Fat bite. Tony has morphed into drunk Tony. He's he's done using $5 words. He's going to use violence. You, I probably should heat it up for you, but it's been sitting here the whole movie. What, we, what flavor we went to is Weigel's Chili Mango. It's not too powerful. It's just a little subtle taste. I like it. But yeah, we went to right. Weigel's, which was fucking hopping for a... Yeah, it is Friday place, night. That place is always hopping. Yeah, but like got a pizza, some chicken leg, random By the way, we're, we're, we're recording this on Good Friday. Yeah, Good Friday. You know, hey, thanks Judas for the long weekend. <laughs> Which I would have been off anyway, but actually the factory I work at, they actually shut down Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because they've been so behind where the, you know, the great resigning and they lost so many people. They finally got enough people hired. They changed the schedule so people aren't quitting overtime, and they good, got to shut down. Good Friday, more so, like a great Friday. So again, thanks Judas, you earned those forty pieces of silver. Aww. Uh thanks. Oh, what Gerard Butler from Van- Dracula Two Thousand? Uh, you you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was produced by Wes Craven. Yeah, and had the the pop singer Vitamin C's little titties in it. Oh my god! And she also had a song. Her little graduation theme song was in the beginning of Scary Movie 2, tying it back. You just got vitamin seed. (laughs) Wes Craven, because it had to tie into this. I'm not going to do that. I I don't know. Like, I'm still proud of the one time I got Brandon on a, you got busted. That's something to do with Scorny Weaver. There was one thing you didn't mention. I'm like, oh, I'm stopping you right there, buddy. Who was in this? Who was in that? I still, I still got it. I just didn't think of the most obvious of. Oh, he he had to go. He had to do the hipster route and do. Anyway, like sometimes his, the road less traveled is less travel for a reason. Yeah, because you're a virgin. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. He's not. I've been in the room. I was pretending to be asleep. That's true. That's yeah. actually true. You. I'm you, a bro. You can ver. You can verify. I can verify his penis had been in the vagina. Yeah, other holes as well. And, and my mom kind of kiboshed all I, I that. I tried to get her involved, but she wasn't having it. Sorry. <laughs> I should have told you. She, she, if you'd have like had a couple screwdrivers, some vodka and orange juice, she's like me. Those panties drop with some vodka. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love you, Mom. You're, R.I.P. 
just in case you're just picking. Anyway, yeah, this this scene right here has one of my most favorite Wes Craven uses of Hitchcockian suspense ever when they established the 30-second time delay on the hidden camera. Like, I don't know how those, what fucking drugs or alcohol those kids are drinking. She lays like a whole fucking book down on the TV. Her hidden camera is like nine inches long and like about two inches square. But like the 30-second delay, like when you're seeing the killer go up behind, uh, what's his fucking name? Jamie Kennedy's character, I can't think. Oh, uh, Shit. His niece and nephew are in the, the fifth one. It's cool. Um, Uncle, not Stu. Stu is the other killer. Squeak. Squeak from Saved by the Bell is who he is. <laughs> but, uh, you mean Screech? Screech. Oh, I was watching the Your Pretty Faces Going to Hell. They had Dustin Diamond where they called him Squeak. Do you want to know something really sad? What? I saw Dustin Diamond in person like weeks before Man, he died. He was looking bad, wasn't he? I mean, no, not really. Oh. Uh, he was trying to get laid because he had his bass guitar and he was playing. He just kept playing fucking uh, Pink Floyd's "Money" the beginning of it over and over again. Just looking at you know, <laughs> and that's probably got him laid back when his anybody who had a working vagina he'd want to get into was young enough to have that vagina. He's lucky he ever had sex. Yeah, he probably had sex more than you or I ever did. Well, that's true, but he's lucky. He's lucky because he's on the show. Like, even if you compare his and, like, uh, the blonde guy, I can't think of his Zach name. Zach Morris? No, the, the actor's name. Ma- uh, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, uh, fuck, suck, um, motherfucker. Mark Ruffalo. No. Yes, Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Anyway, Marky Mark and, uh, Mario Lopez, like, I'm sure they quadrupled his numbers easily on a Tuesday. Yeah. But he still had more than we'll ever see. And my body counts in the high 30s. That's... And that's only counting penises. If we count oral, I got 100 at least. <laughs> I've gone down on a lot of women just for bragging right. Anyway, I digress. We're, we're about to get them pokey nipples. Jamie Lee Curtis didn't show those tits so she went legit, says... I still can't think. I was trying to trick myself into thinking of this character's name. I, it's one of those things, like, literally, if you hadn't... If I hadn't for, asked what his name was... I could have told you... Because they say he, anyway, they bring, they bring anyway, back in the sequel the use through the of, use of videotape. Yeah, the use of, and honestly, his killing in part two was a good subversion. You know, he's a comic relief. They usually not bam killed brutally. Uh, but uh, look, not all cops are bastards. All of them, but David Arquette. Give that kid back his beer so he can drive drunk to go to the school to see the principal's corpse. And that is what they all do. And all those kids that die in drunk cart driving accidents are Deputy Dewey's fault, specifically. Never mind. Turn this fucking movie up. I'm just playing. But, uh, yeah, her hidden camera, she's about to pop out. Anyway, the 30-second delay, the scene where the killer is coming behind uh, Randy. 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 That's right, yes. He's Randy. Coming, Randy. When they're, when, look at that monster thing. Like, and then the guy, the meatloaf gets out of the news van. I've been looking. I'm like, he's a guy. He's well cast as meatloaf. I see that. But like, oh shit, 30 second delay and gets his throat fucking slit. 10 out of 10, says Fat Tony. Oh no, this is the 10 out of 10 right here. Yeah, this is the, well. Fucking pokey. Six and a half out of six and a half. That's on a good day too. I'm being generous to myself. I was, I was. Speaking, he was, he was lost in thought. Did not I, get my dick I was, joke. I was speaking. Well, you, 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 you live your best life, King. <laughs> I'm just those, those, those tits and nipples. Those are, yeah. those are tens 
Fucking... Actually, apparently, me and Brandon have exactly identical penises. We've been identified as dick twins. Well, you know... Mine just looks smaller because I'm way bigger than him. So, it look, must look good on you. I, you know what? Here's the thing. My penis is verifiably beautiful. It <laughs> is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has it on record. It's on record. So, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing. I put a little jacket on it sometimes. A velvet smoking jacket. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I take I have I have little f- photographic backgrounds to make it look like oh look it's in Paris. I had a debate with my nephew once like why is that fucking door locked? Because that door has outside access. Garages have doors that lock from the you know you can't just walk into the house because you get in the garage. So that does make sense in this movie. I'm arguing an argument I had with Travis twenty fucking years ago, but oh, you're my. in the middle of it now. Shout out to our uh, to Travis. Travis, we love you. I haven't seen Travis in years. I, I, I miss, I'm trying to get him up here for FrankenCon, but I I, I miss uh, still up in the air w- watching uh, horror movies and drinking, going to play putt putt and cussing each other out in public, <laughs> telling him I wish his mother swallowed him. My sister would have swallowed him because he got a putt putt shot that I was upset about. Sorry, that, that's fair. That's fair. Audrey should have swallowed you, Travis. Facts. <laughs> no. Here's one detail about the movie that uh, I, you really don't notice. I definitely didn't notice this on um, on VHS. The material. The material of the cloth. It has it has a reflective no, quality. Yeah, I, I kind of reckon it because I think I saw it in theaters, so I already knew, and I knew that kind of cloth they use for those kind of. But yeah, you're right. It does show up a lot better on it's, DVD. It's not. It's not. Right in the right, nuts. Right in the nuts. But it's not like that in the uh, sequels. in the sequels. No. And it, it, the, the crazy thing is that, like, as simple of a design as this is, every movie has a slightly different. They've slightly changed it, and I, I have to imagine that's probably Look for, titties. for legal rights. Drop now. Let me see them too. I don't know. There's some country song that talks about titties. I like it. Only because it's Teddy. Right here, though. This is, you know, I mean, you saw Drew Barrymore's intestines hanging out, but I think this is the only one to like, hey, kids, here's a cool kill. Like, ha, ha, ha. You know, because it does, like, and it's so bad on DVD, like the dummy. I'll give you, you want to fuss about anything about the movie, the, the very shiny, rubbery dummy head they killed Rose McGowan's character with. You know and how you fix that? Just fucking cut that two-second shot of her face being... To like a half second. Or put some fucking foundation on the fucking thing so it's not so rubbery or shiny. Or just don't show the face. You get the 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 the, the gist of it without showing Back it. Back you know. But either way, that's, the only, that's your only valid argument against this movie. It's an R rating. It should fucking earn that R rating with some breasts. Some fu- yeah, okay. Two valid arguments. There is no 15-minute uninterrupted shot of a topless Nev Campbell looking deadpan, unblinking into the lens <laughs> of the camera. No movement. No sound. But she's in a hot room, so she slowly starts to perspire. And then in the last couple minutes, they kind of crank up a fan a little bit, so the hair starts to walk. Never mind. I just came. Anyway, yeah. Randy's Randy's sister, uh, the chick who also played her, who got killed in Hostel Part Two, nude. 
the goofy looking nerdy girl with the baby. She was in Welcome to the Dollhouse. Who I still kind of always oh, had a thing for. Oh, shit. She uh, had some nice titties. DJ's girlfriend, Oliver yeah. Zan. She had some, like, she showed them titties in Hostel, too. She didn't make us wait like Nev, so good on her. But, yeah, she's in the, the fifth one with her kids. And they actually bring back uh, Deputy Blonde Chick, who's wanting to fuck David Arquette in part four. Oh, okay. She's the new sheriff. So they call uh, all of them in canonically. I can't. I can't remember that actress's name. I don't but, either. I don't. She's, she's been in like a couple other things. She's um, she's very similar looking to Lisa Wilcox. Did you not drink your whole Scott shot? I didn't drink the rest of your Scott shot. There's like a half a sip in there. Yeah, right. Scott. He doesn't love you. He only loves you for your head game. It's true. I don't even love you for that, because that mouth actually uttered that touch of evil. <laughs> Scott, you got some nice little titties, man. Scott, if I outlive you, which unfortunately just seems to be the case, I'm going to your funeral, and I'm talking shit at you in front of your family, to all of them, over your corpse, about how wrong your decision was. I will give my condolences to your wife and grieving children, but I will say... This bitch had it coming. Of the, of, the, <laughs> of the myriad of things that Scott is is wrong about. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's I'm still... That's number one. That is number... No. No, it's not for me. Because I could get not liking a documentary-style shot horror movie if you're a decade younger than us. I do not get picking the only wrong song in the... Ma- Hold on. She wants to, life to be like a good porno movie. And I'm not kidding. I remember it to this day. My dick shifted so hard in my pants, I really did feel my zipper scrape my shaft. Hashtag zipper rash. Hashtag zipper rash indeed. God, I fucking hate Skeet Ulrich. I mean, I don't blame you for hating it. And he's kind of meant to be hated. He is that douchey 90s boyfriend. But it's not the character. You know what? No, he hates the actor because that actor looked like everybody in high school that fucked every one of the girls' crushes he had. No, Everything. no, it's because it's because he's not a good actor. He's not. I'm not saying it. he's serviceable in this, and he's like, I do, I do. One thing I do like, I don't think he knew he get the banger first. I think he took advantage. He he yes ended himself after the sexual situation with Sydney. But I think they were just probably planning the kill a little bit earlier. But then he's like, "Oh shit!" You know, still peeked in. It's like my boy's getting his dick wet. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if you've if you've already murdered people, um, emotionally manipulating it's, someone to have sex with you is is not too it's far. Not hard, especially like you know, why can't it be a Meg Ryan movie or a good porno? And I'm not kidding. Like, zoop. <laughs> like Zardoz. <laughs> the be- the no, he's got in his head. The penis is bad. <laughs> that needs to be an after hours. After dark. Not after hours. That's a crack show from like 15 years ago. Oh, a fucking great show. I loved it. I still watch it. Sarah gets a Woody watches dumb shit. I'm like, but she watches Call the Midwife on Netflix. I'm like, there's no dead babies on my show. There's no babies with cleft palates. It's pop culture talk. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a dead baby in a movie I'm watching, it turns into a, it's because two zombies fucked in a New Zealand island manor, and then they had a zombie baby that gets taken to the park and beat up while the homeless man cheers. You know, I had to go far enough till Brandon got it. In the sexiest zombie sex scene of all, no, that, the first time I saw that, I almost puked. Anyway, yeah, hey, bro, we're all... It's, why would it's Oh, here it comes. No, that's that's... The kills in the original Halloween are after the fact. Like, 
it's the suspense leading up. And, you know, hey, they had titties. Yes, they did. Got they, to, we got to meet her at that Gat- Gatlinburg Horror Convention um, years ago. PJ Souls. And what a she s- looks so much like a nice mo- older mom. Yeah. Like young, I couldn't even be like, man, I love them titties. No, man. you know, that, that fucking... And the, the director's cut of Stripes. She got them titties yes. out. Yes, yes, she did. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Um, but here's the thing. We just got busted because PJ Souls is in Halloween. Who is it? PJ Souls, even though she has ascended to that, like, you know. Oh, she did? No, she's alive. Oh, okay. She's ascended to, like, you know, the mom, mom kind of style. I, I actually think that kind of works more for me. No, I like the totally Halloween but, oh, version. No, hear, oh, hear, oh, hear, hear me you out. out. Hear me out. Because she looks a little bit like one of my childhood friends' mother. Oh, who, who okay, I had, yeah. Who I, had a little a, crush. who I had a crush on. So I, I kind of I, I kind of wax poetic about I had a friend, what could have been. I had a friend in high school who you don't like, and I'll name off Mike. Who would go to his house, he'd be like, oh yeah, there's the naked pictures of my mom in this drawer. Go look. Mama had it going on in like late 80s. Good for her. And I went to her son's 30th birthday at their house and like she always been nice to me when I went over there but like this time she's drunk and trying to get me to drink more because <laughs> I only drank for a little bit but then I had to drive later so I didn't like, oh come on man have a few. It's 30. Woo! I think she's kind of having a midlife crisis, like, holy shit, my baby boy is, my oldest is 30. God, that's that's the best. Yeah, but uh, all I kept thinking is, like, I've seen your titties, I've seen your vagina, I've seen your titties. I've seen... And then, like, a little voice in my head, like, yeah, I'd hit it right now. I'm, so your, I know what you're I'm your father now. <laughs> you can both call me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a genuinely sweet scene. Like, you can actually feel the real-life chemistry from this scene. Like, you got the, you know, the baby-faced cop, you know, kind of going above his station, getting the TV personality, who's, you know, got a best-selling book. But she's falling for it. She's falling hard. You know, and she's, her her character is sort of indulging him to get things out of him. And she's the one that's tricked into falling in love. It's great. Oh. Mm. Uh, I don't care who I, I'll always respect Skeet for getting even though over the close full handful of boob and getting to rub his like dry hump so uh, back to David Arquette and, oh yeah and his, damn he's still well no I, I got I got all that covered but okay David Arquette and Courtney Cox they were married I, I'm just curious if you ever happen to have seen the footage of when he was on Howard Stern, no. right when they had separated. Oh God, what did he do? It's he didn't do anything bad. No. It's just it's it's one of the saddest things you'll ever see. Was he like really missing her? And uh, he will, of course, you know Howard being Howard presses him about it. It's like, well, what happened? He's like, you know, I you know I'm not really a hundred percent sure. You know, I just I I. You know, I got lucky with her, and I and she probably just realized that you know. And he was like, "Yeah, I, I miss about. I, I think about her every day. My life's you know not worth living without her and everything." Jesus. And yeah, it it is it is so. It's the one of the most raw human things you'll ever see, and it it, it kind of makes you love him, but it also makes you kind of 
really sad that he's in that position, especially considering he's doing it on live radio. Fuck it, I'm drunk and I don't give a shit if I spoil a movie you only barely care about. He's not with, like, that is kind of David Arquette in Screen 5. Really? He is retired. He is a day drunk. He wakes up in the morning to watch her on her morning show. Because that's his favorite time of the day. And they, he gets interrupted by the people having a new experience. He's like, I, I'm, I'm doing something I can't interrupt. And it's the saddest fuck. And you find out that he left, he couldn't cut it in the big city. So he kind of freaked out and left. So he blames it. But yeah, it's the saddest fucking thing ever. And he That's, finally does call it. Like he, he gets a hold of her when new killing started. Like, be careful. It's kind of, it's kind of cruel. Like for the writer. <laughs> really to like, use that. Let's, let's, That's what I'm saying. Like they use that real. Cause they only have one or two scenes together on screen. Well, I, d- I don't know how contentious their relationship is No, it now. seemed like there's nice. I mean, th- there's no... The scenes they're in, I could not... Because I was looking for it, too. I was looking to see if... They, no, they just saying... The, there's, you know, behind-the-scenes extras I've, I've seen. I think they're over. There might have been... Obviously, you never get a divorce from somebody you love and like. But... He is fully inside her vagina in this scene. I, well, if he is, I envy him. I just, I, again, this, Ace Ventura, and there might have been like one or two scenes I've ever seen in Friends, but no. I just, I'm not a big Courtney Cox person. Uh, she, she was in one of the greatest films of all time, right. produced by Canon, Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah, no, no, never mind. I take it all back. That's the hottest she ever was. But that movie also has traumatic. <laughs> I try to block it out because that's the first time I ever heard my mom use the word sexy. She's talking about Dolph Lundgren. We've talked a lot about Dolph Lundgren. We have. It's been Dolph Lundgren. We had to erase the first 30 minutes of the last podcast, the Friday Four. But again, Dolph Lundgren. And then we brought it up to a lesser extent in the next one. You know, Dolph Lundgren. I love Dolph Lundgren. I love him. Not like your mother loved him. but My mother wanted. To have that giant climb her and destroy her. Because it would have been how she died. God, and she wouldn't engage in a three-way with me on the fly? What a bitch. <laughs> I told her, you know, you'd have to get her drunk. You know, not drunk drunk. She you'd, have to, dr- you'd have to she, loosen her up. She could have got drunk on this dick. <laughs> you know, I just want the listeners to know out there, he's talking about my dead mother. And I love it. I love the fact. Because when my dad died... I made Brandon laugh. I've never made Brandon laugh harder. We were filming me drunk, eating things, and my mom said something like, oh, I'm like, I gotta smack that bitch because my dad's not here to do it anymore. And I thought I murdered Brandon with that joke. This is from a review of A Nightmare on Street yeah, Part 3. Three. That got lost to time, thank God, because we would be hashtag canceled. We'd be so canceled. But um, I knew John Saxon's name when I was supposed to be pointing at Heather Langham, but it ended up on, I'm like, John Saxon? I was proud of myself. I was dipping teriyaki wings, dipped in ranch, into 100-proof Captain Morgans. Not stunt booze. But anyway, yeah, so I like, but... Well, that that is one of the hardest times I've ever laughed. I really but, thought he was going to pass out. But like, then, no go. in the history of this podcast, unintentionally, one of the, <laughs> one of the funniest 
Uh, but at the at the moment, most heart wrenching things ever happened was when we recorded The Exorcist, like two or three days after my mom's actual death. I needed to do that podcast just to get out of everything, to get out of my head. Brandon, finish that story. What were the what were some of the fan questions? Uh, well, one of them was a joke question: Does your mother suck cocks in hell? And I, and I started reading it. And Brandon, could, it's like he, he he like couldn't stop. It's like some nightmare logic where he couldn't. And I knew what was coming, and I was dying inside laughing because Brandon looks like he is about to drive off the edge of a cliff, and there's nothing he can do. This is how he meets his death. Does your mother suck cocks in hell? And I have like. It honestly, it, it 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 helped shorten my grieving period by two or three days. I know. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Last time with Dad, I had to send her a, send a picture of my penis tucked and my shirt tied up while licking a gun to Josh Jesse to send to Brandy to really hit that spot. You hit it for me immediately. Yeah, well, I I appreciate that I didn't get a tucked dick pic to to make that happen. But you're you're very welcome. I will I will say this though. As I'm doing it, it's like it's registering to me, and I'm having what I can only describe is like an emotional seizure. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't stop. I'm still cracking up about it like two years later. Literally, because it's now April. This is March 2020. Guys, there's a great chase scene. Right. See, that's about as much of the face as you should have ever saw. That's a, her, that's a good use. Her nipple should still be hard, <laughs> if you're asking me. Oh, and he's still... Here's the 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 very good use of Hitchcockian suspense, but kind of ends in a jump scare, which does go against Hitchcock and his bomb-under-the-table theory. Jamie, I don't like Jamie Kennedy. He just looks like a dipshit. And, and he looks like I, somebody that would, if he weren't famous, I can't remember why I literally lost the train of that thought. I think I was about to say something really mean and bullying to you, and my whoa. brain was like, don't do it. Whoa. Whoa. Like, y'all would be in the same weight class women-wise, like, fighting for the same <laughs> pool. Of, like, he's rich and famous, so he's going to beat you, but, like, if he had no fame or money... Y'all be batting, which is better than me. I just, like, my personality and charm get bitches. Uh, you can't match that. I can, I can You're the mouthpiece of the Southeast, yes. And, and, I, and, and uh, when, I'm, when I'm on... When um, I'm your wingman, maybe. Sending you bitches, like, getting Andrea over there to screw, being like, hey, Amy, go blow Brent. No, that's horrible. Amy. <laughs> I don't think she listens, and I hope she doesn't listen to this one. Well, well, she's married now. Good job. Your husband's a great guy. Well, he gets great blowjobs from Amy, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Hey, it was because of me. Like, they're married because I, I advocated for him because there was some other asshole she was kind of interested in. I'm like, no, nah, man, go for go for Carlton. He sounds cool. And she's like, oh, my God, he's got a two-foot dick. It hurts. I can't tell. I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. I hope he's Carl- back. Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> Absolutely true. Alfonso well, yeah, Riviera, Alfonso you, Riviera. You heard it here first. Hung on a fucking donkey. <laughs> they got nice property, too. You never really... like. Oh, man. That dumb 90s outfit. 
the the neighborhood's grown up. It's been a little, and that's why you don't initially recognize it in Scream Five. And they still have a wide array of property, but there are houses encroaching because of the fucking market and fucking Obama raising. I don't know. This sounded good, but uh, when they when they pan out to the exterior central scene, you're like, holy shit! They did a really good job recreating. You could totally tell it's recreation, but. And then that staircase is like the big. It is a very, very nice house. I wouldn't, you know, for, for all those sad upper middle class white kids whose who's daddies or mommies leave when daddy's caught scrolling. Let's go kill a bunch of like the entitlement. So this is pretty much white privilege. See, the, only, the only killer I respect is. Uh, Timothy Oliphant in part two because he's just fucking crazy. He loves movies and he's crazy. His end game is the trial. And then Roseanne's sister just blows See, him away because she's just trying to get revenge for her baby. I didn't even remember that Tiffany Timothy uh, Oliphant is the killer. I almost said I'm Tiffany. Tiffany Tim- Oliphant. T- Timothy Oliphant. I didn't even realize he was in the movie. It's been so long since I've seen it. Yep. Well, he's Him. he's become a good actor. Oh yeah, uh, Justified was awesome. I didn't like the first season, but then somehow I got sucked in watching the second one. And I'm like, holy shit, this is good. And uh, God, look at that fucking nineties phone. God, That's I Zach- remember my aunt had one of those. Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> I love that fucking show. <laughs> and you just struck a child. I mean, it's an adult actor, but right there, I love like what's this. Hey, bitch, don't you know? So, in in terms of films that have essentially the same reoccurring cast, um, with I mean, I haven't seen the newest one, and I and you know everybody's to, back, and you don't. Have, well, I was gonna you don't have to spoil it. I don't know if anybody major from the the cast actually dies, but you know, from the the first four films, you have. A situation where rather than a returning final girl, you have an entire ensemble of of characters that return. And even though like most of these characters are revered and fairly likable to you know to varying points, I, to, for me that kind of takes you out of takes it. How me do out they of keep it. Right? You know, I like the fact that so, you know, there is a thirty minute hostile. A hostile level of snuff film where Sidney Prescott is peeled alive for the skin off her bones. They salt her flesh and make new holes to sodomize. Wow. That's the last act of the movie. That, that, uh, that movie should be called Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Did I leave liquor? Okay, no, that's just a, that's just a drop. That, I thought that whole thing was liquor. How about Brandon... Fancy shot glasses last Christmas, or maybe Christmas for last. I've, I've slept since They're then. specifically for vodka. For vodka. Yeah. They even said vodka shot glasses, so I'm like, we always drink vodka because it's the cheapest. This is fancy. This They're is like fancy. this is like something you would drink vodka out of while you're playing billiards. That's, yeah, or, or snooker. That's a real rich person. Uh, I'm, I'm, too, I'm too American to play snooker. <laughs> That's like for motherfuckers who who play baccarat too. Yeah, very- if you're not James Bond and you're playing baccarat, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, Richard Grieco from If or Looks Could Kill. Even if if uh, even if you're Burt Bacharach. <laughs> or Burt Bacharach, he gets past too. 
I love this. Like again, good good framing. Like hey, bitch. Yells grunting. Yeah, I love it. That's hot. Fight, bitch. Fight. It takes a lot of cuts and stabs to be killed. Grunts. Go. Grunts. I'd love to have a closed captioning team follow me for an entire day and record. <laughs> Just hear how many grunt, fart, cough, snort, sniff I go throughout the entire day. This is, again, the smartest decision of the whole movie. Fuck you both. <laughs> if if this were me in this situation, I wouldn't ask questions. I'd just shoot both of them. I mean, if you want to be nice and moral, shoot them in the knee. If they're the killer, they're out of commission. I mean, you can't. You cannot be charged with murder if you shoot someone below the waist. Exactly. That's attempted murder at, at most. I love that. Fuck you both. That is a great scene and a smart decision. Yeah, I mean, a smart decision would be her just killing people. Indiscriminate, like killer, Dewey, everybody. <laughs> Shooting people who are, have already been killed. <laughs> Go, yeah. Leave me Go. alone, sobs, grunts. Here we got the big reveal of the movie. He's just stumbling. like, And there was one point in the movie that I'm like, he doesn't have any fucking holes in his shirt. That's bugging me. And then immediately, like, oh, it's corn syrup. I'm a killer bitch. Waha. So that it did answer my in question movie annoyance in real time. I remember in the theater, I'm like, man, that motherfucker didn't even have holes in his shirt. Show. What does Wes Craven Fool think he's playing at? Thanks for letting the other killer in. He's right. We all go with little mads. I take that back. He's not the only killer. That's Randy. Randy! <laughs> he gets a shoulder shut. See, again, I my jaw was on the floor. Yes, I get it. I have, yeah. I've seen horror films. Um, Matthew Lillard. I, I want to say positive things about Matthew Lillard. Gentle, giving lover. Absolutely. Um, he will cradle you. Like he'll swatter you like a child, he drinks, but he will he will treat you as a lover would. And he drinks a lot of pineapple juice, so it tastes really good too. <laughs> now, right here, like this, right here, he pops that out, like no joke. Fifteen years old, the whole fucking theater gasping, like what the fuck? Um, but Matthew Lillard, when not doing, like dumb like wing commander movies and, <laughs> yeah, and, and shit like that he's actually a very good actor um now i know you haven't to my knowledge haven't finished the third season of twin peaks no he's one of the highlights of it um he his character um there's a whole subplot about he's a teacher and uh they're they're looking for the, basically these vortexes that may or may not lead to other worlds and and his lover or whatever has gone missing and they've arrested him and like, you know, her in yeah. connection with her disappearance and his acting is so good because you like, you truly believe like this guy is just like broken down and, and suffering internally from both 
the loss of this person and from being accused of her disappearance slash murder. That have, like that plot's introduced before the Michael Sarah Matt Marlon Brandon monologue. Yeah, I seem to remember. Yeah but, yeah, but it goes on. I mean, it good continues, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I know he was in the show. Hope- Once you started describing it, I could see because my my hard shutdown twice so far is Michael Sarah doing a Marlon Brando Wally monologue Brando. outside of the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station, and I'm like. I just can't deal with this much art today. I'm not even mad. It's not like I hate this so much. I'm like, my brain is full. My favorite moment is here later after they stabbed each other. Ski Ulrich, being the asshole that he is, really does throw the phone like at uh, poor Stu and it hits him. And that's not a, it's just a hey, you dick. This m- moment right here where he's like, you're slut mother and all that. Like, th- this is like the point where, he, where I can pinpoint how bad of an actor he is. I mean, this kind of gives him... Because like, look at... <laughs> you, you just don't like him. He's like Colin Farrell. You don't like the motherfucker. I've I've made my peace with Colin Farrell. He I was, haven't he, seen the he, new Batman. He was fucking good. great in the new Batman. I don't I don't like him as an actor, but he proved me wrong that he could be good in something. Oh, okay. See, I haven't seen new Batman yet. Should be on HBO Max by the time this podcast is out. Oh, really? Yep. Oh fuck! I'll it's actually it actually there. may be out now. No, I was on there today. The movie only came out like yeah, but it's supposed to be out like I real mean, quick. Like, very like that was the whole. It's going to be on there for uh, a couple of weeks, and then it'll be back off. Oh, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll keep I'll keep an eye out for it. Because again, outside of Twilight, Robert Pattinson is killed in almost every except for the movie. Uh, remember me or something. I don't, the nine, surprise, it's a nine 11 rom, romance drama, drama. He did. I think with Pierce Brosnan as a dad. He has a, he has a good Batman voice, but truthfully, Batman is the least interesting thing in the movie. I want to see Paul Dano as the fucking Riddler. I have conflicting feelings about it. There, there's moments where I think he's genuinely great. And there's moments where I'm like, man, this is borderline Jim Carrey shit. No. So there, really? no, really. There, and some of that is intentional because guess what? He wears the same glasses as Jim Carrey did. Oh, that's a neat little. Yes, but I think he took that shit a little, a little too far. And let's just draw a parallel. Man, I just recently, I had not, I knew it existed, but it came out when I was locked up. I just recently saw Prisoners. Oh, so fucking Holy good. Holy shit! So fucking good. Do you want to know something really sad? What the guy who wrote Prisoners? Wrote a Friday Thirteenth script. Why? Why? They exactly. There's no justice in this world. I'm mad now. Yeah, that that could have happened. Didn't happen. It's like Peter Jackson's Nightmare on Elm Street. The big what if? And this is another great thing. Like a lot of their plot is stupid, but like I agree. The whole idea of like radicalized movie fans doing something, like I think that's a genuinely interesting idea. It's just the the framework of like uh, oh. around Sydney's mom and stuff. It just doesn't ever yeah. come together for me. Honestly, like the 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 one that frighteningly made the most sense to me was uh, fucking the, the, her her fucking cousin in four, just some little teenage bitch wanting to get famous that, any way possible. That is very helped by an incel who, and that's the only time Hayden Panettiere. That's the only time I ever liked her in a movie. That's the hottest she's ever been, and a fucking cult and kills her, and that pisses me off. 
I, I, I like the Culkins. Good for the Culkins. Oh, yeah. But, like, like, I never cared for her on Heroes or anything else she ever did, but I love that character in part four, and I really was rooting for it's, it's long the, hair. It's the hairdo. And, well, for for her. It's the hairdo and the attitude of the character. Like, oh, shit, I've had sex. I'm going to die. But, uh, and, you know, the movie nerd, that's always going to be appealing to me in any female character. The unrealistic movie nerd. They're, women don't watch movies unless they're about sandwiches or <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Grant. Darcy the male girl is an anomaly. <laughs> Darcy the male girl is going to cut my nuts off. And she'd have to touch her to do it. No, she's smart. She'd get, like, garden shears. Be like, you don't even get them touched, snap. And then, like, my daughter Sadie would be, like, high five and they're like, yeah. Wow. Like, I got to give a big shout out to, like, Sadie being the only one of all the kids. Super excited. Unfortunately, not to meet Joe Bob. The photo op is with both. She's like, that's cool. I like it. But I get to meet fucking Darcy. And she was excited that it's now less than a month until Frank and Con come. But this will be out after. At the... This will be released the day after Frank and Con. After Frank and Con. So you all have already Yesterday, Frank and Con was yesterday. And we had a great time. I got to... So many people touch my penises. And I signed so many bare naked breasts. All of them on middle-aged white man. It's cool, though. I'll sign whatever. Me and Mixtron took turns fucking Darcy. It was amazing. It was great. I saw it. I liked it. I like sitting in the corner, like crying and masturbating, mm-hmm. and then then like Joe Bob and me like did cocaine off of hooker's titties. Yeah, and that hooker was. I'm trying to think of somebody else at the con. Oh, uh, uh, fuck, Mark Patton. Mark Patton. <laughs> we did cocaine off Mark Patton's titties. <laughs> While Jack Shoulder filmed it for his new film. Uh, snort. It's it's a Wishmaster Five. Wishmaster. There already is there. No, I don't think there's five. There's the two, there's three, then there's four, the prophecy fulfilled. That's the only one I can't, I can't think uh, of five. You, you might be right. All right. I know I'm right. It's, I'm not at I all. Would, I, would, I would hope that he would put it in a better movie, but if it's got to be... The Happy Hooker Goes to Paris Part 2. It, you don't realize this, but this has been a running joke all day today. It all, it all comes full circle. Right there, man. I love he's so upset about being The Happy upset. Hooker goes to Franken-Con. The Happy Hooker goes to Franken-Con. <laughs> and the Happy Hooker is Mark Patton. The role of a lifetime. Coming home. This little weak bitch. I do love, like, she, like, the advantage that a teenage girl has fighting these very fit teenage boys is that they are both wounded. You pansy... Like, Stu's fucked up. Like, Billy's just stabbed, like, once or twice. And he's got that, like, my mommy uh, left rage. Um, he, I tell you this right now, he can't fucking... His des- mom, He mom. can't destroy a, a a living room like Tommy Wiseau can. Nobody can. That's an art form, and, yeah. and he's failed. You know. Everybody betray me. I fed <laughs> up with this world. God, I want to watch that again. So faint whimpering. There would be no faint whimpering from Tommy. Wiseau. That, that was out of that was out of his vagina. Uh, Tommy was so faint whimpering. Sounds like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whimpering continues. Whimpering continues again. Is he's he's queefing. Oh, this the. Uh, Got you, and that's a very sharp because that went in like is, two inches. Um, I don't know if this is true or not. I, I, 
somebody told me this, and it was actually something that I, I if I had bothered to do any a bit of research, but the the time the time stamps and the points of the moot of the showing Halloween, Halloween match, match the time set. Yes, that is true. That was one of the facts. I, I mean, I haven't gone into it was in the IMDb movie facts, and I didn't go personally research it on two I mean, screens. If, if, if that's the case, that's, Wes Craven's got a good eye for detail enough for that. I mean, a lot of that would would lie on the um, editor, the editor, but but still, that's. Be a, this is back when a TV could kill you if it fell in. Nowadays, these pussy TVs. Back in my day, too. Actually, this is... Back in our day, TVs were furniture with wood, and you could m- murder babies now, with Now, what that, been is, that should have been a microwave that he put on his head to make <laughs> yeah. it explode. Uh, call back to Friday the 13th, the final chapter. A scene that and the remake... remake. Of Last House on the Left, also and, done by Wes Craven. And uh it's a twofer. Yeah, there you go. Randy. Uh she the, at least owed him a pity blowjob for locking him outside with an actual killer. She should have been like, Hey, your shoulders healed up. I will put your penis half of the shaft in my mouth, move it around for three minutes. If you finish, you finish. If not, it's over. Her her digging her finger into his open wound. Yeah. That's. I will give them credit. for Yeah, that. I mean the, the 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 kills are set. Like honestly, the new one, the best thing it has, it has like like Wes Craven wanted you to feel for victims is that the the guys who did hide and seek, which is hide and seek's part superior. Don't get me wrong, the kills are fucking brutal. Like there's a couple like haha, where they shock you real quick. There's one like dude in the party like boop right in the neck and it's over. Like what the fuck. Then the reason behind that kills was him. But there are some kills in the new Scream movie that are gnarly for horror movie gnarly. And these, that usually, like, there's, you know, her, the Tatum's head getting crushed. So uh, this, this, I'm trying to think co- the, this coda that's about to happen with the, him you know, shooting him with uh, that. Yeah, that's a bad shot, too. Like, um, they, they linger too long on that. It kind of goes against the entire point that they're trying to make of like that it's the real, the, world. the real world and not a movie. That's why, like in the last several, I think four and five, both like before they can even do the jump scare, like, give me the gun, bam! I handle that shit. We put that shit to bed. I, I really, I prefer. Actually, no, it's not a spoiler. In part five, you get both. You get the oh, we're gonna put this shit to bed and the ah. I prefer Anna Faris's uh, father in the yes. scary movie <laughs> films rather good. than Sydney's father in Scream. Oh, I want to smoke a lot of crack. <laughs> I love I love him in that and uh, The Burbs. Those are the only two movies I can really think of him being in. Anyway, this movie, despite being in the '90s and it is a '90s movie, transcended. It has now spanned. Three decades, 90s, actually, no, the 90s, the aughts, the teens, and now the 20s. It's existed in four separate decades, and still, again, the, this one especially being a legacy, like, I felt old in part four when it was like, it's been seven years, or however long I had. Now it's 11 years from Wes Craven, RIP, baby. But no, this movie definitely stands as a 
foundational element that got added after our foundation. Like, the foundation was, you know, early Hitchcock, you know, Black Christmas. This was another worthy addition to the pantheon of slasher horror movies. Now we need to do the meta-meta one, like One Cut of the Dead, but that's a zombie movie. One Cut of the Dead is great. It is, but it's like meta-meta-meta. It's meta-squared. If we're, if we're going to do a, a we Korean just need to movie, have... there, there's a few I would put ahead of it. Patrick no. Lussier was the uh, editor on this, and he would later go on to direct the remake of um, My Bloody Valentine. Great movie. Yeah, they kill a little person with a pickaxe. It has. You're one, always. It has one of the longest proling, prolonged scenes of nudity in a I don't modern. Yo, oh, yeah, film. and she's got. I just remember her last name's Rue, because Sarah Rue, who was on The Big Bang Theory, is somebody's girl. Anyway, she's big tit, redheaded chick. She, yeah, she's in um, Idiocracy. Oh yeah, yeah, she's the chicken. Yeah, she she's got several movies where she shows him titties, and I think that's her sister, somebody. Anyway, Matthew Lillard. I'll, I'll give Matthew Lillard and Rose McGowan uh, their due. One, because... Uh, Look at Skeetor, MVP right there. Totally of, not a douche. Most comedic valueless <laughs> Most valueless pederast. W Earl, w. Earl Brown, Lee Shriver. Who gets a much bigger role in the hey, sequels. Who really got this... Kind of made his career. Like, the sequel brings him up. I even like the little, we do the, I'll even do blah, 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 and then he shoots. And it's a great movie. We got we got to wrap this one up because I need to bait. I've got a full belly. I've got alcohol in my system. And uh, I proved my point. It's a great movie. If you don't like it, I'll rape you. Just like when we go off mic, Brandon <laughs> will be. No, I can't rape him. He, my my man got that. me Anvil tickets. We're gonna go see Anvil in Knoxville. We've got a, we've got a, a monumental uh, few few months and activities coming up. But that's gonna wrap us up for for the month of May. We'll be back in June, and just so everybody knows, we are going old school. There will be no retrospective. We're going to have two episodes of Rants After Dark, uh, two watch long commentaries, uh, and I'll tease you a little bit with what they're going to be, but we're going to do a part two and a part three to a film we've already done, a part one. And there may be chainsaws involved, and it might be groovy. You can fill in the blanks from there. Uh, please follow us on social media at Rance Black Lodge. Stop by our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. Subscribe to the podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on, including iTunes, Spotify, and just about anywhere else podcasts are available. You can buy a t-shirt, a mug, sticker from our web store at rantarmy.com. And for the love of Cthulhu, buy the shit. Buy buy a shirt, man. Buy it. I just rebought, like, as everybody who went to FranklinCon saw me in my fresh new Fat Tony t-shirt that is now just crusted in vaginal discharge, semen. There's unicorn cum. It was a crazy day. You should have been there. Yeah, that alchemy ceremony uh, was... was just Praise the God Lord Cthulhu. Yogg's are God forever. <laughs> All right. For Fat Tony, this is Brandon A. Lane signing off. We'll see you on the other side. Till then, Rant Army, keep marching.